Ready to break an emotional sweat? Welcome to Emotionally Fit with me, Dr. Emily Anhalt. As a therapist, I know that staying mentally healthy takes work and repetition. That's why I'll share emotional push-ups, short, actionable exercises to help you strengthen your mental fitness. From improving your friendships to managing stress, let's flex those feels and do some reps together. Hey there, Fit fans. I am so excited to be here today with the one, the only professional basketball player and mental health advocate, Kevin Love. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this push-up today. Dr. Emily, thanks for having me. So in your line of work, I imagine you do a huge number of actual physical push-ups, but how often do you do emotional push-ups? Well, emotional push-ups, that concept actually I learned from you. So yeah, I would say quite often now, but prior to meeting the COA team and being around you guys and you know understanding truly what that meant. I mean, in some ways, I didn't even know if I was doing it or when I was doing it, but now definitely taking more time and actionable steps to you know get my mind right, understanding my triggers, understanding what works for me. But again, today, I think I'm ready to go through this. I certainly need it in a time of high stress. So I'm, I'm very grateful, very thankful to be here today to get my mental health push-up in for sure. Hell yeah. I'm grateful too to be doing this push-up together. And what we're going to be talking about today is the idea that our strengths and our weaknesses are very often opposite sides of the exact same coin. The very things that help us succeed most in life can turn on us on a dime and cause really big problems. And conversely, the things we dislike about ourselves can also be a positive force in our lives if we're able to see that. So an example of this in my life is I have a tendency to want to have my cake and eat it too. I grew up with the mindset that if I want something badly enough, I can make it happen and I just have to get creative and find a way. And this has been a really positive thing for me for the most part. It's ensured that I'm always striving in my life and always looking for what's possible. But it can also be a big problem. Sometimes I can't have it all and I have trouble accepting that and that's not always a good thing for me. So Kevin, I'm curious, what do you think just about this idea that our greatest strengths are also our greatest weaknesses and vice versa? Yeah, I think it's it's spot on. I see it a lot within my life and you see it in sports as well. Like I I can speak to really what I've known and I've seen over and over again. You know, I mentioned earlier and offline that scar tissue or things that you you think can work against you can often be a true gift. And, And if you just change or shift your perspective or you have the willingness to work on it, you can be so much better for it. And you'd be really amazed at the outcome. And just in that little bit of a shift, you know, where you can end up at the end of the day. That is a really an interesting thing for me to think about. And I'm actually glad that we're doing this today because I need it. Great. Well, that's a perfect launch into the actual push-up, which is going to be examining how our strengths can become our weaknesses and putting some shock absorbers into place. So Kevin, step one of this push-up is to think of one example of this in your life. One big strength you have, something that has made you who you are, it's helped you succeed, maybe it's something you're really proud of, but you know deep down that it can also be a problem. So for people out there, maybe it's that you work really hard, but also you get burnt out because you don't always take good enough care of yourself. Or maybe it's that you're a people pleaser, so you're really likable, but you also find yourself sacrificing what you need for others, and that's not always so awesome for you. So for those listening in, go ahead and pause here while you think of your example, or keep listening to hear what Kevin's is. So Kevin, what example are you going to pick for this push-up today? For me, it's actually on a very similar 
playing field and wavelength that you just said. And I, I think you find this in high achievers in general. And for me, it comes from a place of anxiety and feeling like an imposter. I put that dangling carrot just outside of what I consider success always. Whether it be, I don't allow myself to reflect, I don't allow myself to be present. It's always being the man in the arena, showing up, and what's next. That is a great example. And I think that that anxiety has driven me into some really great things, but also hasn't allowed myself to look in the mirror and say, hey, you deserve compassion. You deserve a pat on the back. You deserve some credit. So it has been a driving force, yet I do think that it's you know given me sleepless nights. It's in a lot of cases heightened the anxiety. It's you know generated a lot of output, but is burnout some a place that I got to where that fuse is so long, I just exploded when it got used up. There's a lot of push and pull within that space that I think could be a lot healthier. Well, that's a perfect lead to step two of the push-up, which is to think of where in your life this tends to be a strength and where in your life it can get in your way. And by that, I mean, like, is there an inflection point? Is there amount of doing it where it becomes a problem? Or is it there are certain places in your life where you do it and it becomes a problem? Are there situations? So like, for example, for me, wanting to have my cake and eat it too, that works for me when it's motivating me to go after things that are possible. But it's really bad for me when it keeps me from accepting an uncomfortable reality of something not being possible. So that's sort of the inflection point for me. What would you say that is for you? Like in what areas of your life is this continuing to be a good thing? And where or at what point is this not so good? Well, I think it's kind of one in the same. I'm going to use the example, again, of basketball of what I know. It's like if, if I'm so much focused on what the next thing is or just singularly focused and self-driven, then I forget about the greater good. Like, I think it's great because what we do is performance-based and all the work leading up to it and the stuff that people don't see is still coming from that place. But lost in that is the sacrifice and, you know, the willingness to do what's right for the next guy, you know, falling on the sword or, you know, playing for that next person. I think sometimes that's lost and always chasing. And, you know, for me, I, I think this year it's been a, a complete refresher of all that, that, you know, your intent is to continue to, to, to do better and to strive and to impact your, your family's life and your life in a positive way. But, you know, the impact of that on the other side can be what's lost within the scope of the team, you know, being a drain, not being a fountain. Would you say it's accurate to say that for you, the inflection point is when it starts to bring you away from people instead of toward people? Yes. Okay. hundred percent. I've done this a million times, but like you, you have blinders on and you can't see the impact that you have to others around you. You're going to look back and, you know, not wish you achieve more things. You're going to love the relationships that you fostered and the family that you created along the way. Yeah. Well, so it's really helpful to know where that can change course because the goal here is now you can start looking out for that inflection point. And with that, the third step of the push-up is to put some shock absorbers into place to alert us when you've reached that point. So for me, this has been 
being very vocal about my tendency to want to have my cake and eat it too, to my therapist, to the people in my life. You know, like I said, if something's just not possible, that's how I know that I need to <laughs> examine this. So I've actually told people in my life, hey, if you see me pushing really hard for something that you know is just not reasonable or possible, I want you to tell me. I want you to reflect that to me and let me know, hey, I think you're doing that thing you told me about. You asked me to be honest with you, so that's what I'm doing. So that's the shock absorber I put into place is recruiting support. Another shock absorber might be checking in with more people about how they're feeling, or it might be that I practice sitting with disappointment so that when it's true that I can't have what I want, I already have the tool I need to deal with that reality. So these are some of the ones that I put into place for me. What do you think it might look like for you? And again, for those listening in, feel free to pause and think about this for yourself. Kevin, what kind of shock absorbers could you put into place to keep an eye on when your tendency to follow that carrot is actually leading you away from people instead of toward them? Yeah. So my shock absorber was actually one of the first things you said, I wrote it down was like very vocal to my therapist. And I'm thankful because he's within the orbit of the team and getting out ahead of it, not being reactionary for me is is so key like always having these check-ins no matter how small like we've kind of laughed about it my therapist and myself is like there doesn't have to be anything wrong in order for you to come to me or to come to therapy 100 percent. and so like we continue to laugh about that it's like we always talk about leadership building and perspective how can i impact the team set like little goals to try to find a way to you know get the most out of people And it's like paying it forward for myself. I feel more comfortable out there on the floor because of that. My teammates trust me more because of that. And I can still get to exactly where I want to be if I give myself up. Like, and I think that's, you know, been the beauty of that perspective change and also the growth in leadership and and sacrifice. I always say that sacrifice, you know, gives up so much more than it costs. And I've been thankful to have to, to go through that and learn the hard way getting traded to Cleveland in you know, the 2014 offseason, understanding what it meant to sacrifice for a championship team, to now taking a step back as, as the sixth man on this team and, and giving myself up, but still allowing myself and therefore my teammates to still be a leader of this team. And, and it's a broad stroke of being vocal to my therapist, but like I said, getting out ahead of it leadership building, perspective, sacrifice, and what that means for for the greater good of a team. Well, I love that because I think if you were to go to your therapist and say, hey, I'm realizing this thing about myself, which is sometimes I'm working so hard for the next thing that I actually end up less connected to people. So if you see that happening, will you let me know? And now the therapist has this opportunity to be like, you know, Kevin, you're talking about this thing you really want, but you're also talking about how much less time you've been spending with the people you care about or how much less trust you're feeling with people. And, you know, I remember you saying this thing to me. So what do you think? So to me, that's the beauty of this kind of self-awareness and recruiting support cycle that's meant to happen here. It sounds like that's the thing you might put into place. I love that. And also the converse of all of this is that when we're being hard on ourselves for having this quote unquote weakness, we can also remind ourselves that it is also a strength and that it serves an important purpose in our life. I learned through my therapy that the things I want to change about myself don't necessarily need to be completely obliterated. I can just think about how to keep an eye on them and to see when they go from serving me to getting in my way. Kevin, how did it feel to do this push-up today? I loved it. It's like, you know, I already 
know what I'm going to, you know, put in my notes in my phone for my next session. So that actually is perfect. Very, very timely. Oh, good. I'm glad. And it's always a pleasure with you. Thanks for flexing those feels and breaking an emotional sweat with me today. And for those of you who want to hear more from Kevin, good news. You can tune into our Taboo Tuesday where we'll be talking about mental health and therapy in the world of sports. Thank you, Kevin, so much for being here today. Dr. Emily, thank you. Thanks for listening to Emotionally Fit, hosted by me, Dr. Emily Anhalt. New push-ups drop every Monday and Thursday. Did you do today's push-up alongside me and my guest? Tweet your experience with the hashtag EmotionallyFit and follow me at Dr. Emily Anhalt. Please rate, review, follow, and share the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is produced by Koa, your gym for mental health, where you can take live therapist-led classes online. From group sessions to therapist matchmaking, Koa will help you build your emotional fitness routine. Head to joincoa.com, that's joincoa.com, to learn more and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at joincoa. From Studio Pod Media in San Francisco, our producer is Katie Soonku Wood. Music is by Milano. Special thanks to the entire Koa crew. <laughs>